if you are going to be successful in academic medicine or public health on your own terms. There are three things you have to do if your goal is to own your value, protect your value, and execute on your value. If your goal is to build a career based on the perspective that you bring and the impact that you know that your work can have in the world. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. So I get so many questions along the lines of, ah, how can I work with you? (laughs) You're changing my life and I want more of this. And if you fall into that category and you are a woman of color, faculty member in academic medicine, public health, or allied fields, then just keep listening. Listen, are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you've been to every career development and professional development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face, if you're working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first, if you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help women of color faculty of all career levels in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support and sustainability. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, our six-month high-performance coaching program for high-achieving women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good. So you lead your career with clarity and confidence. You learn productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. 
Yes, this future is possible for you and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you are ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to join our waitlist at kemidole.com backslash grant. After you join the waitlist, you'll be notified when the next Get That Grant cohort will be enrolling. Your application process will include an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that the career you want isn't really possible. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to level up your experience and your impact. Join the waitlist today to get in line. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to sign up. Talk to you soon. What's up, y'all? Hello, hello. Um, I want to talk to you today about three things that are required that you just have to do if you are going to be successful in academic medicine or public health on your own terms. There are three things you have to do if your goal is to own your value, protect your value, and execute on your value. If your goal is to build a career based on the perspective that you bring and the impact that you know that your work can have in the world. If your goal is to build a career that you do not have to recover from, but build a career that renews you, that excites you, any of those things. These are three skills. These are three tools, you might say. These are just three things at the end of the day, (laughs) things that you have to do. These are like non-negotiable. They're going to come up and you've got to be able to get good at them. You've got to be able to do them. And I think maybe most importantly, most, most, most importantly, you have to be able to recognize when you are avoiding them. That's the thing. You have to be able to recognize like, oh, this is, I am not doing this. That's the problem here. Okay. So just to step back a little bit, this kind of came up actually in my leadership coaching group. So I have a leadership coaching group that's only open to alumni of Get That Grant, um, where we really focus on, we really focus on developing innovative leaders who are building unique careers. I mean, obviously. You know, we have a lot of these conversations really focused around leadership around what makes what makes a good leader, what kind of leader do these women want to be, you know, like all of these things. And so we, we're talking a lot about like the nuts and bolts, like a lot of the nuts and bolts, like girl, how you build a team that you love, right? How do you recalibrate people? How do you train people? All that stuff. But one of the things that we talk about a lot around are just these concepts, these more general concepts of leadership. And what I realized recently as I was like, oh, this is, you know what, this is good regardless. This is good regardless of whether you're actively in a leadership position with somebody or not. And I'll come back to that at the end, but that's kind of like a little bit of where this came from. So what are the three things? First one, this is going to be like real, real straight to the point. First one is to take action. Okay. What do I mean by that? I mean, actually get started on something. So the reason why I started with take action instead of get started is because we will lie to ourselves about starting. We'll be like, oh yeah, I started to do X, Y, Z. And by starting, I mean, I thought about it. And then like, maybe I put something on my calendar that I missed. And then maybe I pulled up an article once and saved it to the desktop. Like you haven't started anything. Like You have not started, right? You're still in contemplation mode and what I call non-directed activity mode, right? So you're doing things around 
the thing that you want to get done, right? Around the grant, around the paper, around the project, around seeking a new leadership position, something like that. But none of those actions are actually directed actions. They're not actions that line up in a plan and a process that one could follow, right? But the problem is we will stay in that place of circling non-directed action, mostly just contemplation, mostly just thought, and not actually take action. We'll be thinking we're still getting started. And I think this happens because what we really want is we want to see the whole path laid out. We want to be able to see part A, part B, part C, part D. We're looking for a clear path forward. And the problem is twofold. One, all that is is looking for certainty. That's all that is. When you're like, well, I just really want to know and I need to know X, I need to know Y. All you're doing is looking for certainty. And the bottom line is if the work that you're trying to do is new and innovative in any way, even if you are within something fairly traditional, but you're, for example, have to apply for a grant or have to do it, like, regardless, like, there's not certainty in that. You can't promise any outcome. So waiting for certainty is just a really pretty way of procrastinating. That's it because you're not going to get that certainty. The second thing is you are actually going to create the path as you walk it. There's nothing for you. There's nothing for you in this space of non-directed action and contemplation and non-directed action and contemplation that is going to help you build the path. You're going to build the path because you're going to take the first step. And then you're going to take the second step because you learned from the first step, et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing is In order to build these careers that we want to have, you have to be willing to take action. You have to actually start writing the specific aims page. Stop waiting to meet with somebody else. Stop waiting to read XYZ. Put your ideas on the page. You have to actually set up the meeting and show up with an agenda and clear goals of what you want out of that meeting. Stop meeting with people without a plan. Stop meeting with people with hope as a plan instead of clarity as a plan. You have to actually make the data dictionary. Go pull the data. Act like it's already done. Take action as if it's already done and all you're doing is just catching up. Why do I say this? Because so often people are like, well, I don't feel I can get started because this isn't certain yet or that's not certain yet or this thing out there, this first person hasn't approved this yet or whatever. And I say, you know what? You know what? You're so much more likely to get help when you are in process than you are likely to get help when you are still hopefully waiting for everything to line up. People are so much more excited to help you when you can demonstrate what you've already done. You're already building the plane and you're like, I just need somebody to help me take off. But you're sitting there, you're putting the wings on, you're putting the wheels on and people are like, well, you don't have a flight plan. You're like, I know, but I'm gonna be ready, right? This is all of that like stay ready so you don't have to get ready energy. That's all that energy. It's so much more likely that if you are doing all of the work to build the plane, you found the runway you want to use, you're painting the, <laughs> the, the outside, you got the seat cushions in, I could go on this forever, right? You're doing all that. It's so much more likely that somebody who is walking by with a flight plan is going, oh, wait a minute, you seem ready. <laughs> you know, I have a flight plan for that destination. And then you're off. That person is so much more likely to do that than if you are sitting If you are sitting somewhere, not even at the airport, talking about, yeah, one day I would love to build a plane and fly somewhere. Okay, so would a lot of people. (laughs) That's not the person that you're gonna go, go out of your way to help, right? So taking action is such a skill because it literally helps you. It helps you get to where you wanna go, especially when you don't have all the details worked out. So especially when you're not sure. That's especially the time where I say, get started then. 
take action so that you can find that certainty, so that you can figure out the next steps. That's the first thing. Second thing, you have got to be able to change your mind. Mm. You have to be able to have publicly proclaimed something, to have set out on a path, to have asked somebody for something, to have moved in a certain direction, to have created a partnership, and you have to be willing to change your mind about that thing. And the reason why we don't want to do this, the reason why this is such a skill is because, excuse me, let me just calm down. Let me slow down. Let me slow down. (laughs) You have to be willing to change your mind because we can have a negative connotation around changing our mind. We can think it means that we're fickle. We can think that it means that we're not serious. We can think that it means that it's not, we're not committed. When you change your mind around your work, I'm talking about being willing to take in data, take in information as you take the steps that you're taking and pivot appropriately when you realize that something is not working or an assumption you made is not correct. The resistance we feel is facing that fact. Oh, an assumption I made was not correct. Or facing the fact that the way I set this up is not working. We have to be able to admit that piece or this partnership is not working or this mentor is not working right? Because once you can get to a place where you can acknowledge that instead of, what's that word? Like surrendering to it instead of just being like, oh, it's not working. Nothing else. No. But acknowledging that, then you can get to a place to audit. You can get to a place to say, okay, what happened here? From a clear-eyed, strategic place, you can then assess, okay, what was different about what I expected? Okay, I have this role. I'm vice chair of X. I'm leading this committee. I'm doing this thing. This is not what I thought, right? Instead of simply suffering, you have to be able to pause, figure out what was off about it, audit how you got there, and then take action. And that action can look different in many ways. That's actually one of the things that the building blocks of this process is absolutely one of the things that we cover in Get That Grant, our coaching program, because it's, it's such a deeply foundational skill to be able to assess something that is not working from the lens of your value, your perspective, the vision that you're trying to create for your career, and then audit it and then take action appropriately. I mean, that is one of the first things that we learn because that is what allows you to not do what you're worried about, which is haphazardly saying yes, saying no, backing out. Like this is what we worry about is kind of being seen as like fickle. Well, you're not gonna be fickle if you have a process. You're not going to be fickle if you have consistency of how you evaluate what you're doing. And then you have permission, you give yourself permission to change your mind when you need to on behalf of the work, on behalf of the future you're trying to build. That's the second thing. Number three, I've talked about this before, hold the vision. You have to be able to hold the vision of what you are working on and what that is underneath. I mean, I feel like I'm going to have a lot more to say about this, but what that is underneath is managing the discomfort of the uncertainty. You get challenged in a way you didn't expect. You have to manage the discomfort of that uncertainty. You get rejected when you submit a grant. You have to manage the discomfort of that uncertainty. That's what holding the vision is. It's easy to hold the vision when everything's working out. When everything's just check, 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 check. Oh, that's super easy. The work is holding the vision 
for whatever you're trying to do, the project, the paper, the grant, the whatever it is, the difficulty is holding the vision for that when everything's going to hell. <laughs> that's, that's the work, but that's a skill you have to have. You don't get to opt out of that skill if you're trying to meaningfully and intentionally build a career that works for you. If you're trying to meaningfully and intentionally do the work you came here to do, you don't get to opt out of the skill of holding the vision, right? And if you don't know how to do it, then that means that you need to avail yourself to professional growth opportunities so you learn how to do that. But nobody else is going to do that for you. What other people are going to do is they're going to invite you into their vision for your career. They're going to invite you into their vision for what they're trying to build. And maybe you're perfectly happy to do that. But if you're not, if you're like, no, I know what I want. I don't want that over there. Then you have to have this skill of holding the vision. And at the end of the day, I would say that like underneath all of it, again, probably more to say about this, but underneath all of this is this, the skill of being able to make decisions through a consistent lens. So the decisions are going to be different. Some are going to be yes. Some are going to be no. Some are going to be hold the course, even though this sucks. Some of it is going to be like, this is not working. Reverse U-turn, screech your way out of there, right? The decisions are going to look different. What's consistent is the lens and the lens is executing a career based on your value. The lens is aligning your work with the purpose of what you came here to do. The lens is building that vision of a career that you want. That's what is consistent. And if you just settle in for a second and think, and this is why I wanted to kind of share this more broadly, is like, of course, these are going to be leadership skills, because just take a moment to think, have you ever served under a leader that wouldn't take action? It is so frustrating. That's the person who's like, ready, aim, 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 never fire, right? Just we never, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Well, what about this? What about this? And we just, you spend a year talking about something, nothing's happening. Nothing's moving forward. We all know that frustration. That is lacking the skill or will to take action when everything is not aligned. That's what that is. We know what it's like being under a leader like that. Number two, have you ever been under a leader that refuses to change their mind? Oh my gosh. This is like the Titanic. <laughs> this is like the Titanic example. You're like, lots of captains of the Titanic. It's fine. What iceberg? It's fine. It'll be fine. The ship won't sink. It'll be fine. You're like, oh my gosh, please. This is not working. This is not working. Please, can we change our mind? Please, can we reverse course? Please, can we, instead of avoiding this problem, instead of pretending it doesn't exist, can we please face it? Can we please audit it? Can we please figure out what is not working? <laughs> I mean, like above all, can we please not simply either A, pretend there's nothing wrong when everybody can tell something is wrong, <laughs> like this is not working. So can we like acknowledge that something's wrong so we can get to it? Or can we take the thing that's wrong and actually change our minds? Instead of pretending there's nothing to do about it, can we please change course? And so we all know how, well, I hope, actually, I hope we all don't know. <laughs> I'll say I've experienced this. I hope everybody has it, but I think it's very common, right? We know how painful it is to be under a leader that will not change course, that will not change their mind, that will not look around and say, this is not working anymore. Let's reverse course. 
who will not say, you know what, I'm not even sure exactly what we're going to do, but this is so bad that we're going to stop. We're going to X this. We're going to stop this partnership. We're going to end this way of doing things. We're going to end this program. Even if we don't know the answer, it's very difficult to be under a leader that will not change their mind and take action accordingly. All right. You know where this is going. Number three, have you ever been, have you ever experienced being under a leader that will not or cannot hold the vision? This is the situation where instead of there being a consistent message and actions aligned with that message or the goal or the focus, it's like that, that leader is kind of like the vision is dependent on whoever is in front of them at that moment. (laughs) Right. So it's like, it's whoever's getting FaceTime. That's how the decisions are being made. That's what the vision is. I think a lot of politicians are like this, by the way, like instead of holding the larger, most critical picture, it's like, I'm just pleasing the person that's in front of me right now. And it's so hard to be in those environments. It's so hard to be under a leader like that because what happens is everybody starts to figure out, oh, there is no center here. There's nobody holding the center. So what happens is basically dependent on who has the loudest voice, who has the most face time in front of the leader, which creates a lot of, you know, just competition, chaos, frustration, because there isn't a through line. It ends up ultimately being experienced as a gap in leadership, right? Because that consistency isn't there. Because you don't have somebody who's willing to hold the vision, i.e. disappoint potentially the person in front of them in order to hold the larger vision and the focus of the group right? Instead, it's about pleasing or accommodating whatever happens to be present at the moment, which means on any given day, there's complete confusion about what the overall plan, overarching goal is. And it changes all the time. Also super frustrating. So the thing is, we actually understand these skills when we experience their consequences. We understand the experiencing the consequences of being under a leader that won't take action. We understand experiencing the consequences of being under a leader that won't change their mind. We understand experiencing the consequences of being under a leader who either cannot or will not hold the vision. And all I'm asking you to do is approach yourself the same way. Approach yourself as if you are the leader of your own career and ask yourself, Am I avoiding these things? Ask yourself, am I behaving in the way of a leader that I would want to serve under? Because spoiler alert, that you are. Like you're the one in your career. You're the one experiencing your career. And if you in your self-leadership role, if you've abdicated that, if you in your self-leadership role are avoiding taking action when you know you need to, if you in your self-leadership are not changing your mind or not being honest about the things that aren't working and taking action and shifting and changing because of it. If you in your self-leadership role are not holding the vision, if the vision of your career depends on who you're talking to at the moment, depends on not disappointing people, depends on not having awkward conversation, depends on not being able to hold the uncertainty when things aren't going well. If you and your self-leadership are not doing those things, your experience of your career will not be one of ownership. It will not be one of clarity. And ultimately, it becomes not one of hope. 
the experience becomes one of frustration, one of resentment, one of feeling very restricted, and that leads to settling or burnout. See prior podcast episodes. (laughs) So that's what I wanted to offer you today because it can be very difficult to see these things in ourselves, first of all, because you know, we're very good at spinning stories (laughs) about what we're doing and why. And I... I'm always interested in those things because, you know, I'm like obsessed with personal development and growth. So I'm always interested in like, how do I see my blind spots? How do I see, like, how do I see these areas? And I think a way in here to these very, very critical skills that you really need to have if you want to build a career based on your value, based on your unique value you bring to the table. If you want to own that and protect it and execute on that, then you want to have a way to be able to be aware of when am I not picking up one of these skills that are critical for me moving forward. And one of the ways that you can do that is that you can ask yourself, what kind of leader am I being for myself? If I'm frustrated right now, what kind of leader am I being for myself? Things aren't going the way I want them to. What kind of leader am I being for myself? And I invite you, I invite you to audit with that lens. I invite you to ask yourself, where can I take action? I invite you to ask yourself, where can I change my mind? And I invite you to ask yourself, am I willing to hold the vision? All right, y'all. That's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope this was helpful. I love my leadership group because, oh, the conversation is fire all the time. And I'm also, also, I'm thinking about these things all the time. And like, the more I do this work, the more I'm in community with y'all, the more I record these podcast episodes week in and week out. Shout out to the one year anniversary is coming up soon, y'all. I'm going to plan something special. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to take action. (laughs) Um, But the more it's like the more, the more I see a lot of these common threads that really extend across wherever you are in your career. That's kind of exciting to me. Anyway this was helpful to you, please come and find me. Come and find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Kemi Dole, K-E-M-I-D-O-L-L. On all of the platforms, shoot me a message. Let me know what was helpful. Share the episode with your friends. If you got somebody who needs to listen to this, but you don't want to just send it to them directly because maybe they'll get defensive, put it in the group chat. (laughs) You know, forward it on to some colleagues. You know, don't sit on this knowledge. Don't sit on this gold here. Let your peeps know. Take a listen to this. Help us all out, okay? Don't send this to your leader, though, and tell them it's from me, because that's not my fault. (laughs) That's not my fault. But yeah, I appreciate the messages, and I just want to encourage you to share, share what you felt was valuable with a colleague or a friend. And if you're not signed up for my newsletter, um, you need to get on the newsletter. So many, so many, so many gems in the newsletter. I still get responses (laughs) from the newsletter almost every week. And I love to read those too. So thank you all for being in community with me. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. And I hope that you activate your self-leader, your self-leadership skills at least one time this week. And I hope you watch yourself and go, wow, that's exactly the kind of person that I would want to work for. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye. Hello. I'm coming through to remind you that we are starting a listener letter segment on the Your Unapologetic Career podcast. Write in with questions that you have. You can ask me anything. I will decide what I want to answer. You can bring forth challenging situations or suggest topics you might want to hear more about. 
To do that, you can reach me at podcast at kdolcoach.com. That's podcast at k-d-o-l-l-c-o-a-c-h.com with your questions. Please note if you'd like to be anonymous, and I will always do my best to keep you so. Excited to hear from y'all. 